0: chapter eleven please and as you're turning there um, if some of the guys in the fellowship at the end of service uh, tonight could help downstairs just breaking down some chairs probably just take five or ten minutes so we would appreciate any help guys right after service so how's everybody okay today another day wednesday middle of the week and we get to open up God's Word together that's always a great thing like let's do a little recap it's been a little while since we've looked at Romans some of the things that we've seen over the course of the past I don't even know when we started but it seems like at least it's been a year almost a year that we've been going through we've seen that you and I have been predestined To be chosen by God, we're called by Jesus. We're going to receive a glorified body one day. Yippee! (laughs) Joints be free. And without pain, we're going to be justified. We're going to receive a lot of inheritance from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So good days are ahead of us. What we're going to look at tonight is something that is very important for you and I. And it's how we look at Israel, how we look at the Jewish people. And how we look at them really determines how you read and understand a lot of the scriptures. I want to say that again. What you do with Israel determines how you read and understand a lot of scripture. There's a big movement today and there's been throughout the centuries of replacement theology. So we're going to look at that a little bit tonight. Seven times in, throughout the New Testament, they talk about the new birth, being born again. Over a dozen verses on repentance and faith in the New Testament. Over 50 times, baptism both with water and with the Holy Spirit. The New Testament alone has over 300 references to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, God wants you and I to understand all these things. Think if you were in a situation and you had been away from your loved ones and you could communicate with them and you wanted them to know how much you loved them, how much you cared for them, and what was going to be their future. Well, God has done that for you and I in his word. As we avail of ourselves to his word, we understand the mind and the heart of God more. Got to remember that Israel was not a nation for such a long, long time. You know, when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, after that, was persecution and dispersion. They were spread out over the whole planet. They weren't a nation anymore. But yet in the Old and New Testament, there's so much about them being a nation. So a lot of churches, a lot of mainstream denominational churches, and the church, whether it be in England or right here in the United States, whether it be the big organized churches, they threw out the Jewish people from receiving the so many blessings that God promised them. And they put themselves in the place of the nation of Israel. Not a good thing. It's going on today in a lot of so-called Christian churches The way I look at it, they basically are calling God a liar, that he can't fulfill his promises. He's not as big as he says he is. Something went wrong. So they threw out the nation of Israel and put themselves in the place. Understand, this is something that you and I have to make decisions on as believers in Jesus Christ. Because as the end times come, And before the Lord takes us out of here, we may see exactly what I'm sharing with you tonight with the world turning against Israel and the Jewish people once again. And they're surrounded by their enemies right now, physically, in the nations that are around them. The Bible speaks of Israel as the God of Israel over 200 times. Now, the God that we know is the same yesterday and today and forever. All of a sudden now, it's not the God of Israel anymore? I don't think so. I think God is true to His Word. In chapter 9, we looked at Israel as God's elect. He chose them. The apple of His eye. The chosen people. In chapter 10, we saw Israel's rejection Of God's election. They turn their back on God. They still have turned their back on God today nationally. There is a remnant of completed Jews. Some come right to this fellowship today. They're completed. They're not converted. You and I, pagans, are converted. They were completed. Chapter 11, which we'll look at tonight, again, um, picking up in the verses 13 or 14, we're going to see Israel restored. We're going to see the nation that was for so long turning their back on God, restored once again into fellowship with Him. Let's turn to Romans eleven fifteen, Chapter 11, verse 15. for if they're being cast away is the reconciling of the world what will their acceptance be but life from the dead we saw in the closing last time in Romans verses 13 where Paul was saying I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am an apostle to the Gentiles I magnify my ministry And that magnification was something Paul was talking about where he is causing dignity, the worth of the gospel, to become clearly visible to the people he's teaching. And notice what one of the purposes, besides being called by God to preach to the Gentiles, we see in 14, if by any means that I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. And we talked about the stirring up of the Jewish individuals and in the nation to jealousy because they see you and I as Christians, the love we have for the law, uh, the Lord and also how we are back into their root system, the Old Testament, how much we glean from the Old Testament. But unfortunately, the church or churches throughout America many times have persecuted Or throughout Europe have persecuted the Jews, whether it be physically or verbally, instead of stirring them to a good jealousy. And in 15, Paul goes on to say, For if they're being cast away, that is the Jew, is a reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? Remember, when the Jews would not receive the gospel after Jesus was crucified, for our sins and rose from the dead to give us a new hope for eternity. They turned their back on the Messiah. So the message was given to the non-Jews and they accepted it readily. And it's, it's an amazing thing that there is a remnant of Jews today that are completed Jews. They believe in Jesus Christ as the predicted Messiah. There'll always be a remnant. We've seen that in the Old Testament. We see the prophecies in the New Testament, that there'll always be a remnant. Chosen by grace, just like you and I have been chosen by grace. There's no prejudice with God. Whether you're a Jew or Gentile, it's His grace that has saved you. And it's your faith in what He's done on the cross and believing in his resurrection that makes you sons and daughters of the living God. Now, we give glory to God. We are people of his word. We trust him. We trust God's word. We need to stand with the Jewish people. We need to proclaim the Messiah to Israel, to any Jews that we come across. We need to love them and support them. One of the things that we're going to need to do, and maybe you've seen it already in your sphere of influence, is to resist the hatred for the Jewish people, which is not going away. It's still out there. So that Jew that was cast away in verse 15 to reconcile the Gentile world, what's going to happen when their acceptance comes? How cool will that be? It'll be like a homecoming. For the Jewish people, when they as a nation recognize Jesus as the Messiah, we have a president in his first term said this is no longer a Christian nation. That is not a a thing to pat ourselves on the back. That should make us fall to our knees and say, Lord, may this country return to the Judeo-Christian roots that it was founded on. Any nation that is not a Christian nation, is in deep, deep trouble because they're an enemy of God. But yet in each of these countries there's a remnant that believe, that have faith. I want to say this again. What you do with Israel determines how you read the scriptures. Ananias was talked to by the Lord when, Paul, when Saul was converted to Paul on the road to Damascus. And the Lord said to him, to Ananias, go for Paul is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. This is something we have to understand that the Gentiles, you and I, were chosen by God to hear the gospel and we received it. But He's not finished with us. As long as we're still on this earth, He has a purpose for us. Not only to glorify Him and love Him, but to love the people in the world uh, that He's put in our path, whether it be other believers or non-believers. To have an influence on them, to have an influence on the believers to help them to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus and to have an influence on the non-believer to point them to Jesus. And what a glorious thing that is. What purpose that is in our lives. That's phenomenal. So many people today don't have a purpose. They don't know why they're here. We do. We have a purpose that will keep giving dividends throughout eternity. That's a great investment. It'll never run out. It'll always keep giving and producing verse 16 For if the first fruit is holy the lump is also holy and if the root is holy so are the branches In Leviticus 23:10 it says Speak to the children of Israel and say to them When you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest To the priest. This is where we get our tithing, that 10%. It all belongs to the Lord anyway, but we're just giving back to him. But notice here, for if the first fruit is holy, this is referring to, there's a couple different interpretations of this, saying the first fruit is holy goes back to the covenant with Abraham. But it can also pertain to the first fruit being those. People, those Jewish people after Jesus rose from the dead that put their trust in Jesus Christ as a Messiah, the anointed one, the one predicted in the scriptures. And if that first fruit is holy, the first Jews that believed, the lump is also holy. Speaking of them nationally, speaking of them as a group of people, And if the root is holy, so are the branches. What comes from the root? The things that we know. Think of how much of our influence goes right back to the first five books of the Bible. It's so rich, our heritage from the Jewish race. So when those Jews come back into the faith, think of that homecoming. Knowing some of the completed Jews in this fellowship or if some of you were here when Eric came and received the Lord, a Jewish man in midlife coming forward to receive in his Messiah. What joy that was to know that here was a Jewish person who God removed the blinders from and he saw what we saw. That's phenomenal when you see a Jewish person coming to the faith. It always excites me to see that happen. Because remember, the Jewish people, think of what they've done. They preserved these scriptures. They were diligent in their call. Romans 11, 17, and as some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, And with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Remember the song back in the 60s and 70s, Wild Thing. Well, you are wild things if you're a Gentile. You're a wild thing. Before I read this scripture, I knew you were wild things because I know most of you. You're out of control. But here we see that These branches were broken off. They weren't producing any fruit. I could probably bring Heather up here right now to explain all this stuff, but if a branch, a a tree is not producing, there's some dead branches, you break off the branches, and that brings more life to the tree or the plant. Well, it's real interesting how we know that God uses and, and the writers of the Scripture use common things as object lessons for things that are spiritually happening. And here we see that some branches were broken off in 17 and you being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them. So what used to happen is that if you took a a wild piece of an olive tree and put it into a cultivated olive tree it would energize, it would invigorate, it would bring new life to an old tree. Well, that's what you and I, you wild things, that's what you and I do, okay? We're bringing new life to what has been around for centuries in Judaism. We're showing in the New Testament, we're revealing things in the New Testament that were concealed in the Old Testament, We're shown what the Old Testament means in the New Testament. And we need to pray for Jewish people that the scales would be removed, that they could see in their own writings in the Old Testament, the very things that we gain so much richness from. Verse 18, do not boast against the branches, but if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Now, one of the things in the Grafton, before I get to this particular verse, one of the things in the Grafton, and I went on and I Googled it and I looked and they would show a tree or a, a trunk of a tree and there would actually be, you would like uh, take an ax and you would slit it. You would split it a little bit. Then you would take a a live branch or the wild thing branch and shave it down a little bit so it was sharp and you would stick it in where the old tree that you cut it and you put it in there and you wrap it. you got to wrap it around, almost like if you ever broke a finger or something, you would put in a splint. And the splint was there to hold it together so it could heal and join and become one. Same thing with grafting something into a tree. It became one with it. It wasn't rejected. It it makes it whole. So you and I, embracing the Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one of the Old Testament, we become one with everything that God started way back with Abraham and his covenant. We're making it richer. But you and I, as Gentile believers, we don't want to boast against the branches. We don't want to boast against the Jewish people who don't see Jesus as the Messiah. And unfortunately, throughout history, that's exactly what so-called Christians have done. Being anti-Semitic, a lot of that came from the teachings in the churches. It's terrible. A lot of the things that happened during World War II with the Nazis and the concentration camps, it came from some of the churches and their teachings about the Jews. It's terrible. You can even see some of the things that Martin Luther said about the Jewish race. Not good. And what they were doing is they didn't see the whole of Scripture. They didn't have a knowledge from Genesis to Revelation. They didn't see the Jewish nation anymore. So they said, well, since the Jewish nation is not around anymore, it must be spiritually talking about the Gentiles who are Christian, that are now Christians, because there's no more Jewish nation, yet the Bible speaks about it. But in 1948, Israel became a nation again. So what happened? Before 1948, back 100 years to 1848 and 1748 and 1648 and all the way back. What were the churches teaching? How would they teach this? Some of the churches would teach the first eight chapters of Romans, skip over 9, 10, and 11, and pick up on 12 to 16, because they did not want to deal with this, with the promises and the Grafting in of not only the Gentiles, but the regrafting in of the branches that were broken off. The root that supports you and me is Israel and everything God's given to Israel, it's all His promises. Remember that old olive tree when it's lost its vigor? The Jewish nation became a a religion of tradition. And one of the things God does, just like a person that is taking care of a garden or a tree, He gets rid of the falling branches. He grafts some new things in there. The wild olive shoots to invigorate and help things to grow. In the Talmud, it speaks of Ruth the Moabitess as a godly shoot. Remember Ruth? Tremendous book in the Old Testament. She was a pagan. She was a Gentile. Remember Naomi, her mother-in-law, was the Jewish person. And it's in the Talmud, it speaks of Ruth the Moabitess as a godly shoot and grafted into Israel. Now, the Talmud, remember, is the most significant collection of Jewish oral tradition... Interpreting the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, the Jewish writings. So the Talmud is that oral tradition that's been passed down. And they call Ruth a godly shoot because she brought life back into that family that had forsaken God. They were down in the dumps. Their hope was gone. And God grafted in Ruth into that tree to invigorate it, to that family. And if you never read the book of Ruth, read it. It's a tremendous, tremendous love story about you and me and the Jewish people. It's, it's really a lot about what chapter 11 here is talking about. Chapter 11 is called the heart of the book of Romans. The heart of the book of Romans. Because we see in it God's heart for the Jewish people he promised an inheritance to, that he would never leave or forsake them. Romans 11:19. 19. You will say then branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. That's a Gentile saying that. Remember, Paul's speaking to the Gentiles. You'll say, and I'll say, hey, we were broken off, or the uh, Jewish people were broken off. They were put away so you and I could be grafted in. Well, in verse 20, it says, Well said, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear. And that word haughty means arrogant or... Condescending in your attitude and in the way you speak about the Jewish people. Because of their unbelief, they were broken off. You stand by faith. An opportunity was given us to be grafted in to the Jew, Jewish root, the belief system, the same Messiah that they're waiting for. We know. Or has already come. Notice in verse 21, if God did not spare the natural branches, He may not spare you either. Remember, the root Israel supports the branches. The branches don't support the root. If you're a grafted-in branch, you're supported by the root, the foundational teachings, the heritage, Not the traditions. We see in the traditions Jesus Christ. We see Jesus in Hanukkah that just ended. He's the light of the world. He's a central candle that lights up everything else. He represents, the menorah represents Jesus Christ. Verse 22, before I get there, also, remember there's a cutting that goes on when there's a tree grafted in. There's a cutting. I'm sure if the plant, the flower, the tree could speak, we would hear a cry or a moan when there was a cut made into it. We would know that it feels that. Just like Jesus Christ, when He was bruised for our iniquities, when he was pierced, but it was so you and I could be grafted in. It it took a cutting. And it's no coincidence that chapter 11 leads into chapter 12, where you and I are supposed to be living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Lord. A living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, a willing sacrifice. It's all connected so beautifully in God's word. Verse 22, Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fell, severity, but towards you, goodness, if you continue in his goodness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. Therefore, consider the goodness. Do we really take time to consider the goodness of God? Even in our moments of hurt, whether it be physical, mental, spiritual, financial, whatever the hurt is, run to the goodness of God, right? Run to His goodness. He's so good, He never stops being good. What is it you and I are going through? See His goodness. It's forever, it's not hopeless. We get to, we win in the end, it gets better, it's gonna get better, there's a time of hurting, there's a time of pain, but it's only a season. To every season, what is it, turn, 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 to every season there is a purpose, right? It's gonna get better. Pastor Damien Kyle said something a couple weeks ago that I just associate with this verse. Therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God. We come to know Jesus most of the time as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And even the portrait of Him, mild and meek, the Lamb of God. The angels are shocked when they see Him as the Lamb when He went to His slaughter. They were shocked. They were horrified. They always knew Him as the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the conquering Lion, the King. Nobody would mess with Him. And in heaven... That's how he's looked at, as the lion. We're shocked when we see him as the lion, as a conqueror, where he's going to come back on a white horse and he's going to slay all his enemies and he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. The goats to eternal damnation, forever. Those who have put their trust in him to be with him for all eternity. We see him as a lamb, we're shocked when we think about him as a the lion. They look at him in heaven as a the lion, they're shocked when he was a lamb. What a perspective, huh? Earthly and heavenly perspective. Where's our mind? How do how do we look at this? How do we look at him? Verse 23, and they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, speaking about the Jewish people, they'll be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. Where were the centuries of the churches seeing that? Where were people seeing God's word in Romans 11, 23? And and they also, if they do not continue in unbelief, will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. You want to enrich your uh, knowledge of God's Word. Listen to some of the messianic Jewish teachers that knew the Torah, but now they see it as completed Jews, and some of the insights they have being brought up in the Jewish faith. Verse 24. For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these, who are the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For if you were cut out of the olive tree, how much more these, who are the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? There's hope title of the message tonight was Jews beware. Others take care. Jews beware. Jews beware. God's not through with you yet. God has a wonderful restoration plan for you, dear people. Others, if you're not a Jew, take care that you don't put yourself in the mindset that you're better than the Jew because that's what's happening in our country and the world. Europe, tremendous anti-Semitic, tremendous. And remember in the end days, there's gonna be a persecution of the Jewish race again that's gonna make Hitler look like a Boy Scout. That's horrendous, that's horrendous. It's gonna come, that's gonna happen. But how many Jewish people that become completed will be with us in heaven while the tribulation period is going on here? Hopefully many of them. In John 15, 1 to 8, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You might be going through something where you feel like you're being pruned. But understand, the master gardener, Jesus Christ, is pruning you so you will produce more fruit. That's a good thing. No matter what it is you're going through, I believe Romans 8.28 is for every situation that will ever happen to you and me as an individual. That all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose, not our purpose. His ways are not our ways. we got to really hold on to that because none of us have it easy all the time. And most of the time, we're going through different things in our lives, whether it be with our family, whether it be with our, biz, our, our jobs, whether it be with uh, our health. There's always something going on. We need to hold on to God's promises for us. It's, it's huge. Verse 3 of John 15, 1-8 you are, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you Every time you and I open up God's word we're being bathed and cleansed by the washing of the water of His word We're getting brainwashed in a good, good way because our spirits and our minds are carnal There's so many things going on in our world. The media bombards us to be hungry for games instead of being hungry for God's word. It's so important that we're daily cleansed by his word. Verse four, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples a disciple is one who bears fruit a disciple is a discipline, disciplined follower of Jesus Christ that gets into his word we come together as a body as we're instructed to in the scriptures to be fed to encourage one another to lift each other up in prayer to break bread together But there's no better thing that you and I can do than have a one-on-one time with our Lord getting into His Word. Paul summarized his point from Romans in verses 11 to 24. In Romans 11, 11 to 24, Paul really summarizes his whole point from Romans. As we go to verse 25, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. We're going to finish in a couple minutes with this one verse. There's different thoughts on this and I'll share a couple with you let's look at it again for I do not desire brothers that you should be ignorant of this mystery Now, the mystery that's being talked about is the mysteries that the Jews will be grafted in one day that grafting has not taken place hasn't taken place yet okay when Hopefully, Benjamin Netanyahu says, our nation is a Christian nation or our nation is a completed messianic nation. That would be something huge. That that, that would be that grafting in. Right now, there's a remnant of believers throughout the world, Jewish believers, that have embraced Jesus as their Messiah. That's the mystery. Now notice this, lest you should be wise in your own opinion. How many times has your opinion backfired on you and I? How many times did you look foolish because of your opinion? We're not concerned with your opinion or my opinion. We're concerned with the opinion and the Word of God, with God's opinion, how He sees things. Now notice that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Blindness in part. It's not forever. It's temporary. That word in part has a connotation of it's a temporary thing. It's not a forever thing. It's in part. has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Now the time of the Gentiles, they say, has started back with King Nebuchadnezzar when he came in and Jews were dispersed throughout the whole world. Now what's happening is the Jews are coming back towards Israel. They're moving back into Israel. Now this whole thing with the fullness of the Gentiles. There's a time of the Gentiles and a fullness of the Gentiles. Some people believe at the time of the Gentiles was when in 1967, Jerusalem was taken over by the nation of Israel. And that began the end of the time of the Gentiles. But notice what we're looking at in 25, the fullness of the Gentiles. What this is talking about is when the last Gentile accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the fullness of the Gentiles will be done. And God, just like he turned his attention to you and me when Israel rejected him way back as a nation, and he turned his attention to the Gentiles, when the last Gentile believer receives him, God's going to turn his attention back to the Jewish nation. That's why if you're here, and I look at Moshi, I think everybody in here is saved. Praise God. But maybe if you're listening to the CD later, you might be that one Gentile that's holding us up. <laughs> you might be the one that we need to complete this whole thing. And, and God can get us out of here and turn His attention back to His chosen people that He chose way back with Abraham. In 1 Corinthians 3.14, it says, But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. I'm sorry, thank you. I'm glad you're paying attention. That's awesome. Thank you, brother. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Our prayer tonight is for the Jewish nation to return and receive and embrace Jesus as a Messiah, that the veil, that God would remove the veil from the Jewish people and if you're here tonight and you're not seeing that you're not seeing what God is speaking of his word that God would remove a veil from your heart and your eyes there are more Iranians have left Islam and come to faith in Christ since 1979 That at any time in the last 14 centuries. One more time. More Iranians have left Islam and come to faith in Christ since 1979 than at any time in the last 14 centuries. More than one million Iranian Muslims have become Christians in the last three decades. Now, the whole thing with Isaac and Ishmael, The warring that started when they were brothers, Abraham's sons. One woman of the, uh, one child of the promise and one child of the flesh. Is it God's way in the last days that He is now turning His attention to the Muslims and saving them? And that's when that time of the Gentiles will come. Has he already turned from all non-Muslims and has he turned his attention to the Muslims now? And are we that close to being pulled up into the air with Jesus Christ in the thing we know is the rapture? Because there's a lot going on in the Middle East with Muslims receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? Is that why there's not many alive churches in our country today? Is that why we're seen to be under the judgment of God as a nation with all the things that are going on? Has God now turned away from America and concentrated on the millions of Muslims and then it's over? I believe that we are part of a remnant in the United States of America. There are still doors open for United States of, uh, the United States of America to come in to become born-again believers. But how close are we? How close are we? Are we ready? Let's pray. Father, we just want to lift up right now the uh, Jewish people We pray, Lord, that whether they listen to this message or other messages similar to it throughout the world that are being being preached by people that are following your word, that they would embrace you, Lord, and become completed as born-again Messianic Jews. We also pray, Lord Jesus, for anybody here, Gentile, in this congregation or on anything they're listening to, that they want to embrace you, that they would just put their faith and trust in you. Because Jesus, when you died for our sins and rose from the dead, you gave us an opportunity to be grafted in, to be made whole with you and all believers, whether they be completed Jews or born-again Gentiles. So, Lord, just go before us tonight. What an exciting time we live in. Let us keep watching what's happened over in Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem because those are our potential brothers and sisters in the Lord. And let's just support the Jewish people in our country. Let's make them jealous, Lord, for you. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.